Chapter Fifteen of Grace Harlowe's First Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen, Greeting Old Friends. To spend their brief holiday with the Southards was the next best thing to going home, in the opinion of the Oakdale girls. Mister Southard met them at the station with his automobile, and a twenty-minute drive brought them to the Southard home. Miss Southard met them at the door with welcoming arms. She was particularly delighted to see Anne, for the few weeks Anne had spent in their house had endeared her to the Southards, and made them wish her their little sister, in reality rather than by fond adoption. "'What shall we do after dinner tonight?' asked Miss Southard, as she showed her guests to their rooms after the first affectionate greetings had been exchanged. "'Everett, as you know, is appearing as Hamlet, and wishes you to see him in the part.' However, he has engaged a box for us tomorrow night. Tonight we will go to some other theatre, if you wish. To tell you the truth, replied Anne, slipping her hand into that of the older woman, we'd rather spend the evening quietly with you, that is, unless you care particularly about our going out. Miss Southard's face revealed her pleasure at this announcement. Would you really? she asked. I should like to have you girls to myself rather than go to the theatre, but I suppose you would prefer seeing a successful play to staying at home with me. Nothing could drag us from the house after that confession, laughed Grace. For my part, I think it would be much nicer to stay at home. We have so much to tell you. Dinner was a merry meal. Mr. Southard, who in the meantime had come in from the theatre, became so absorbed in the conversation of his young guests that both he and his sister forgot the time. The entrance into the dining-room of James, his valet, with his hat and coat, and the warning words, Ten minutes past seven, sir, caused him to spring from his chair, glance at his watch with a rueful smile, and hurry out to where his car stood waiting for him. It's nice to be an idol of the public, but it's hard on the idol just the same, sighed Grace, as the door closed after him. Shall we see him again tonight? You may stay up and wait for him if you wish, returned Miss Southard. But it will be after midnight. Hamlet is a long play. I saw Mr. Southard in Hamlet long before I knew him, remarked Anne. My father and I were in New York rehearsing the play in which I afterwards refused to work. The manager of our company was a friend of Mr. Southard. One night he asked me if I would like to see the greatest actor in America play Hamlet. I said that Everett Southard was the only man I ever wished to see in the role. I shall never forget how I felt when he handed me a slip of paper. It was in Mr. Southard's handwriting and called for two seats at the theatre where he was playing. He said he had asked Mr. Southard for the passes purposely for me because, Anne flushed slightly, he insisted that in me lay the making of a great artist, and that I ought to see nothing but the great plays enacted by great players. "'How interesting!' exclaimed Grace. "'You never told us anything about your stage days before. What did you think after you saw Hamlet?' "'I went about in a dream for days afterwards,' confessed Anne. "'Then I began to hate the play we were rehearsing,' and finally ended by refusing to stay in the company. Mother was with my sister in Oakdale, so I went to them. I felt that there was no chance for me to ever become great. I had no faith in my own ability, and I was determined not to waste my life as a second or third-rate actor, so I gave up the stage and decided to try and get an education, then teach. You know the rest of my story. Now comes the hardest part. After giving up all idea of the stage, the door that I thought was barred has been opened to me. The unbelievable has come to pass, and I have in a measure achieved what once seemed unattainable. Do you think that I ought to bury my one talent when my college days are over, and become a teacher, 
or do you believe that I should put it to good use by becoming an exponent of the highest dramatic art? Anne paused, looking almost melancholy in her earnestness. My dear child, said Miss Southard gravely, you are straining your mental eyes with trying to look into the future. Wait until graduation day comes. By that time you will know what is best for you to do. As far as your work in the theatre is concerned, I consider that it is far more to your credit to use the talent God has given you to help yourself through college than to wear yourself out doing tutoring or servant's work. There is no stigma attached to my brother's art. Why should there be to yours? Good for you, Miss Southard, cheered Grace. I'll tell you a secret. Anne thinks just as you do, only she won't say so. While you are here, Anne, Everett wishes you to meet Mr. Forrest, the manager of the stock company he wrote to you about, continued Miss Southard. He is a playwright, producer and manager all in one, isn't he? asked Miriam. I have seen ever so many pictures of him, and read a great deal about him. They say he is always on the lookout for material for stars. Yes, returned Miss Southard. He was in Europe during Anne's engagement here last winter. Nevertheless, he has heard of her, and asked Everett a great many questions about her. I think he will offer her an engagement for next summer with a certain stock company which he controls. How can I ever repay you and Mr. Southard for all you have done for me, said Anne earnestly. By accepting the engagement, laughed Grace. Grace is right, agreed Miss Southard. Everett and I are trying to help Anne in the way we think best. Then I will be pleasing myself too, confessed Anne, for I love my dramatic work as well as I do that of college. Now let us talk about Oakdale and all our friends. We have so many things to tell you. It was after eleven o'clock when the girls retired. They had decided not to stay up until Mr. Southard's return. Once in their rooms they found themselves too sleepy for conversation, and five minutes after their lights were out they were fast asleep. They were up in good season the next morning, as it had been agreed that they should be present at the morning service in the church the Southards attended. Thanksgiving dinner was to be served at exactly half-past twelve o'clock, instead of at night, for Mr. Southard had a matinee as well as an evening performance to give and never left the theatre for dinner during this short intermission. In the church that morning as she sat listening to the beautiful service, Grace felt that she had everything for which to be thankful. In her heart, she said an earnest little prayer for all those unfortunates to whom life had grudged even bread. She resolved to be more kind and helpful during the coming year, and prayed that she might see the right clearly, and have the courage always to choose it. I felt as though I want to be superlatively good all the rest of my life, confessed Miriam, on the way home. That minister preached as though he loved the whole world and wished it to be happy. He does. He is a very fine man, said Miss Southard, and does splendid work among the very poor people. It will perhaps surprise you to know that he was at one time an actor of great promise in Mr. Southard's company. Then he received the conviction that his duty lay in entering the ministry, and he left the stage, entered a theological institute, and after receiving his degree came back to New York as the pastor of a small church on the east side. Everett and I were among his most faithful parishioners. Then later on he received an appointment to the church we just left, and has been there ever since. This will be an interesting story to tell the girls when we go back to college, said Grace thoughtfully. He is a wonderful man. He made me feel as though it paid to do one's best. That is the reason he has been so successful in his work, I suppose, remarked Anne. He makes other people feel that it pays to be good too. 
From the subject of the actor minister the conversation drifted to Overton. Miss Southard listened interestedly to Grace's vivid description of the college, the various halls, and even the faculty. Then you are satisfied with your choice. You never wished that you had entered Vassar or Smith or any other college. Yes, I am satisfied, declared Grace, while Miriam and Anne echoed her reply. But Grace might have truthfully added that there were times when even the glorious privilege of being an Overton freshman had its drawbacks. End of chapter 15